Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nettling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to become that confident leader and take your business and your life to the next level. Today, I am happy to have as my guest, Alan Crone, and let me tell you about his wonderful background. So Alan is the founder of the Crone Law Firm and a team leader. He is helping achieve a business dream of seeking comp- or seeking compensation for others who have been treated unfairly, or he is really trying to bring out his expertise to really help you master winning strategies and innovative tactics. He is currently an author of The Law at Work, a legal playbook for executives and professionals that just came out this year in February. And he is the exciting host of Ask Alan, the podcast, and as well as a speaker He has his employment law firm and is committed to helping employees, executives, and entrepreneurs to be able to resolve any workplace issues. Maybe that includes issues with employers and employees or intellectual property disputes or any other kind of commercial issues. His book reflects an approach when working with clients that says, I'd rather solve the problem than win your lawsuit, which I think is a great attitude to have. Nobody wants to go to court. Sorry, lawyers out there. He is a fifth generation Memphian, and he has been active in local and state politics for decades, serving as a former Memphis city councilman and as the senior policy advisor to the mayor of Memphis. And in 2023, the city of Memphis Mayor Jim Strickland appointed Allen to be the chairman of the City of Memphis Sports Authority Board. That's a cool thing to have. It is cool. And he is a voracious reader. You have to be to keep on top of all this legal stuff. You really do. And a proud father of three children he shares with his wife, Allison. So please join me in welcoming my guest, Alan Crone, as we talk about why you as an entrepreneur, a small business owner, should have an employment lawyer on your side. Alan, welcome. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Awesome. So we know where you come from, as I alluded to that in my opening, but have you always been in Memphis all your life or is that a re, are you a replant? No, no, I've been here um, in this area all my life. My dad is a pharmacist, and uh, 
he opened a pharmacy over in eastern Arkansas. And we uh, grew, I always say, I grew up on the, the bridge over the Mississippi River because we were <laughs> back and forth all the time. And then I uh, went to boarding school in Belleville, Illinois, uh, for four years. Wow. And, um, and then did a very small stint in Nashville, uh, working for the governor back in 1994, um, was there for about a year. So other than that, uh, I'm, uh, I've been in Memphis all my life. Tried and true. All right. So let's get into this. Why? Your dad's a pharmacist. What inspired you, motivated you to become an employment lawyer? I always am intrigued by what is that driving force that says, this is what I want to do? Well, I should probably divide that into two spheres. The first sphere is lawyer. And I I was a political science major. I was a theater major for a, a brief period of time. And uh, so I've always been kind of drawn to the to the drama of the courtroom. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, with a political science degree, you're either going to get another advanced degree or you're going to go teach political science. Mm -hmm. And so I've always enjoyed, uh, studying the law. And, um, so I decided to go to law school and I primarily wanted to be a trial lawyer. And my first job out of, out of law school, uh, I was exposed to employment law did a little bit. And then uh, after a few years, went to another firm where all I did was employment law. And I really enjoyed it. And I enjoy it because it's never dull. It, yeah. It's like having a, a permanent seat in the uh, assistant principal of a high school's office because <laughs> all the problems come through there. Uh, but, but the stakes are so high. Mm -hmm. Now, you probably would have to look a long time before you found a field of the law where the stakes aren't high, um, because every uh, you know every legal dispute is is it's significant. But you know, in America, what we do is who we are, mm -hmm. and so so your employment relationship is important for you uh, psychologically self-esteem wise, but it's also critical for you to physically to be able to eat and provide for your family. Mm -hmm. And so I just really have enjoyed the, the confluence of really interesting facts, really interesting law and high stakes. And, and I think sometimes whenever you're in business, you think you're all alone and, and you don't seek maybe lawyers or legal advice and, you know, I, I would think that if you had that person on your side advising you before things got bad, you might avoid them ever getting bad, right? You know, if you had that person in your ear. That's, that's exactly right. In fact, you know, as a lawyer, uh, we're in a highly regulated industry. The Supreme Court uh, has a, a lot of rules and regulations on mm -hmm. how you can conduct yourself. And you know, if I'm doing anything that's outside the norm in terms of what I normally do, you know, I've got a lawyer on speed dial that is a, a expert on uh, professional ethics and professional responsibility. And I'll call him up and say, hey, you know, I give him a fact pattern. What am I doing? And I would much rather pay him, you know, for an hour of his time on the phone with me 
than just do what I think is is right or do what I think is prudent and find out that I've you know mm. unwittingly violated mm. some some rule and and that's very very true in employment law most employment law is a uh, a creature of statute or uh, regulation mm -hmm. and what that means is is that it didn't grow organically you can't really uh, use your intuition uh, to figure out what is the lawful <laughs> thing to do uh, you've really got to know the law you've got to know where to find the law and how the law relates uh, to itself and um, in this day and age uh, there's so many uh, pitfalls particularly if you have more than 25 employees Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of, for me, that's where the, the cutoff is for my entrepreneur clients. You know, uh, that's when it gets so complicated. It's hard to keep, um, you know, you got so many moving parts and as an entrepreneur, you may not know everybody in your organization. Mm -hmm. Once it gets to 25, if you mm -hmm. got 15, you probably know all those folks. You probably have a history with all those folks. You can probably resolve any dispute to their satisfaction. And therefore, you know, nobody gets, uh, been out of shape about anything. Once you get to 25, then you kind of lose that touch with everybody. And you really need to make sure that you're dotting your I's and crossing your T's because many mistakes in employment law have uh, a domino effect into other areas. Yeah. And I know from state to state, the laws differ, you know, in some ways. And so just maybe just what you did in Texas is not going to be uh, true in California. That's correct. And, and you know, the, uh, you can kind of watch the presidential uh, uh, elections and, uh, you know, blue states are going to tend to have um, uh, laws that are more favorable to the employee and, and more laws. Mm -hmm. And red states are going to tend to have less laws and uh, be very narrowly drafted and narrowly construed. And so, uh, it, it's very dangerous uh, mm. to grow up in a red state in business and then mm -hmm. expand into a blue state and uh, without checking out that environment. And of course, mm -hmm. that's a uh, an oversimplification. But, um, you know, I tell my entrepreneur friends all the time, um, you know, I know it sounds self-serving for me to say you need to have a lawyer, but you need to have a lawyer. Mm -hmm. You need to have an accountant. You need to have a banker. You need to have an insurance agent. Uh, to make sure that you're that you're covering uh, all the bases and, um, you know, take them to lunch uh, once a quarter, twice a year, just to catch up with them, let them know what you're doing and make sure that, again, you're not unwittingly stepping into some landmine, um, mm. you know, uh, without uh, without realizing it, because uh, you've been so busy focusing on your business that you haven't really had a chance to look around at the environment, and make sure uh, where the risks are. Right. So we talked a little bit about the start of your firm, but once you got established as an employment law firm, was there a case or, and I know you don't have to go into detail, but was there something that's after you, you finished favorably with it, you thought, this is why I do this, you know, oh, that I, it was such an impact for you. It, it happens all the time, happens all the time in different formats. Uh, you know, we do a lot of uh, wage and hour litigation over time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to be able to hand a working person uh, 
three or four thousand dollars in wages that 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 they were owed mm-hmm. um but weren't weren't paid for uh it may not be life-changing but it certainly is impactful on on them yeah. uh, i've had uh, any number of, of clients who um were fired they thought wrongfully and we're able to negotiate an outcome for them and um just knowing that that they were paid what they were entitled to most of my clients really aren't looking for a big windfall uh mm-hmm. they're you know they they may be upset and you know they would love to, to you know get a huge uh, verdict against the company but most of them just want what's right and enough right. to to be able to bridge the gap between getting fired and finding their next job. So mm-hmm. very rewarding. And, um, uh, you know, that's the the great part about it is you really, as I said in, in the intro, not only are you really talking about physical safety, but, you know, people want to be able to, um, you know, they know that when a corporation writes them a check, uh, that's as, as close as you're going to get to an apology. Yeah. And it is an indication that, uh, they made a mistake. Now, mm-hmm. they may not agree that it was intentional discrimination or retaliation, but if they're writing a check, they're 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 basically saying to you, we know that uh, this didn't go as well as it could have gone yeah. or should have gone. Right. So you expanded your firm from Memphis, then to St. Louis and, and now to Chicago. Um, what was the incentive to do that? Is it just well, to grow or, a- or need? Well, it's basically uh, we want to help more people, and in uh, as I said, uh, Tennessee is a is a red state. Arkansas yeah. is a red state, and um, there aren't as many opportunities here uh, as there are in uh, Missouri and Illinois, where uh, a lot more employees, a lot more employers, uh, and uh, the laws uh, are are more favorable in some instances. Mm-hmm. So that's the first reason, and the second reason is. Uh, as I said, we just want to help more people and yeah. uh, we feel like we do a really good job and um, we we want to make sure that that our firm is available to, to more folks. Yeah, I could see, especially Chicago, there's so many larger businesses and, and whatnot where, you know, people do can feel like just a number and not a not a person. And it's nice to know you have somebody in your court. That's right. You know, the the companies all have uh, human resource departments and some have law departments. They all have mm-hmm. lawyers on retainer. And so uh, we we want to help even the playing field for folks and for, um, you know, entrepreneurs who want to do the right thing. Uh, mm-hmm. We want to be there for them to help them uh, not make a mistake. And, uh, you know, it's all about putting food on the table. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's why we all go to work. Mm-hmm. And uh the more you can eliminate the nonsense that gets in the way of the mission of the company and uh, making money and uh, allowing people to to earn a livelihood, uh, the better off we all are. Yeah. So as a small business uh, CEO, owner, whatever you want to call us, <laughs> what are some things we can do to make sure that we hire employees that are a good match for the company and want to stay? Well, I think the first, the first thing is you got to have a mission that you Mm -hmm. can articulate and you hire to that mission. 
And a good example, it's kind of a broad stroke example, but we're an employment litigation firm, which means we're trial lawyers. We go into court. Well, I'm not going to hire a lawyer, no matter how good they are, that doesn't have a passion for employment law and doesn't want to go into courtroom. Yeah. And we've had folks that uh, either we that have interviewed with us or have been we've hired who just have a fear of the courtroom or, or distaste for the courtroom. And that was a bad fit. So yeah. having that on the front end and telling people, look, you know, here are the reasons not to come work here. Um, you know, if you don't have uh, a passion for this mission, then you don't need to be here. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's the first thing is have that mission and then hire to it and understand how your company fits together. Right. And I, I see so many companies that um, they don't understand in, in a in a very intentional way why they have the staffing they do, why they have the job responsibilities and, and assignments that they have, because they've kind of cobbled this thing together uh, ad hoc as they went along, rather mm -hmm. than having a vision for this is the kind of company I want to have. Right. And so if you can do that and you craft your job descriptions to reflect what is actually going on in your organization, how that particular position um affects your 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 mission uh then you know you take that along with with that whatever values that you have and uh again you hire to the mission you hire to those values mm -hmm. and you hire to those job descriptions and uh i i think that job descriptions uh, is an exercise that a lot of times operations people just kind of yeah. olay yeah. you know they mm -hmm. just kind of check it off as well, okay, I got job descriptions now, but they don't realize how important they are and how, and that they're good business to yeah. really understand what's what's going on. And then you got to train people when you bring them in. You can't just say uh, that. And I'm guilty of this in the past. Um, okay, I need a I need a lawyer. So you hire somebody who's got a great resume. They've been yeah. a, a great trial lawyer somewhere. Maybe they've been a great employment lawyer somewhere, but they've been trained in a way. That is, it may be contrary to, to my values, contrary to my mission. I can't just assume, well, he's, she's been practicing law for, for 20 years. I don't have to train them. No, no, mm -hmm. you, you've got to train them, make sure they know they're doing what you want. You eliminate all of that and you're going to fire very, very few people mm -hmm. and you're going to lose very, very few people because most people don't leave for the money. Yeah. Most people leave because they're not satisfied with what they're doing. They don't feel like they're contributing. They don't feel like they're being successful. Mm -hmm. Maybe they have a boss they don't like. It, it, very rarely is it because of the money. And you, if you've done all of those things and you're intentional about it, then by kind of by definition, you're going to have somebody that's suited to the job, someone that's passionate about what you're doing and that's aligned with your values. It's, it's going to be the rare person that checks all of those boxes, but then is not successful somehow. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it probably means that you as the business owner have failed to recognize some of those things that in fact, when you check that box off the, for passion or competence or whatever, that you, you, you made a mistake in, in that because most people come into a, a, a company wanting to, to succeed nobody wants to come in and get fired yeah. um and so it's a it's a complicated set of of 
interconnecting webs that you have to get like a golf swing. You know, mm -hmm. we get one thing off and all of a sudden it goes to heck in a handbasket uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, go shooting off this way or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you, you kind of constantly work at it and it's, it's a hard thing to be disciplined about because, um, you know, it, most times when you're hiring, you need to get, you, you know, you've got a hole in your organization mm -hmm. or you're trying to grow and, you know, not having that person is holding you back to, to some extent. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times uh, I think entrepreneurs are, you know, they get a little impatient and maybe they jump the gun when take another week or two and find that unicorn that really, uh, uh, that really makes a difference in your organization. Yeah, that is so true. And and I know in my experience over the years, that is how I was brought into most of my um, companies and it made a difference. You know, it, it makes you feel more secure in your job. And then as I became a manager, I remembered that. And uh, there are a lot of companies that don't do those. We call them job breakdown analysis or but job descriptions. But if I have a temp come in, I need to be able to hand them a sheet of paper so that the, there's no interruption in my efficiency or my job because of this new person. And it just, I love that you mentioned about understanding the mission and the vision. It, that in your interview process, I think is, is paramount. You don't want to hire somebody. I can train them Excel or, you know, any kind of software, but I can't change their behavior. They only have to see and recognize that. So ask questions that are going to bring that out and make a good hire. Great advice you share there. So you wrote this book. What was your driving force for writing the book, The Law at Work? Um, what was your mission for that? Well, my mission, my personal professional mission is to transform the American workplace. Nice. And, and as I said before, I want to eliminate all the nonsense. Yeah. And one way you do that is to empower people with, with knowledge. And so I wanted to write a book that is not a definitive legal tome. If it were written for lawyers, it'd be, you know, several volumes that big because you have to put everything in, but I wanted mm -hmm. to be very readable and I wanted it to be, to um, be kind of a resource that if you wanted to, to understand employment at will, or you wanted to understand intellectual property in the workplace, or you wanted to understand retaliation, that it would be a place to go and you could get a good foundation in what the, the principles were. There are lots of stories that illustrate the principles nice. so that people can uh, hopefully relate to it. And then be able to make some decisions um, based on that amount of knowledge. And then, you know, also kind of give you an idea of, well, if I go see a lawyer about this, here's what she's going to want to know. And, mm -hmm. you know, forewarned is forearmed. Yeah. And um, and so that's why I wanted to write it. I, I've, um, I've been doing this for 30 plus years and um, I've seen, uh, you know, I've, I always say I haven't seen it all. Anytime I think I've seen it all, something happens that I think, man, that's <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, but I've seen most of it. And mm -hmm. I, I wanted to give people the benefit of that uh, advice. And I can't talk to everybody. And this just expands the my reach and scope of being able to transform the American workplace. Yeah, this gives you that starting point. Because I think 
as we mentioned earlier, we don't know what questions to ask sometimes. And this is a great way, a great resource. So what should the employer, the person, the entrepreneur, small business owner, what steps should they take to protect their company with these best hiring practices? What what are some steps they should take? Well, uh, I think most uh, entrepreneurs are at risk for uh, wage and hour claims, minimum wage and overtime. Mm-hmm. And if I if I could if if, if an entrepreneur said, "Look, I want to work on one thing at a time. What's the most important thing?" I would tell them that you need to make sure that you're compensating your people correctly because you make a mistake with one person, you hire the next person, you know, it's a compounding problem. And most of the time, uh, the biggest mistake I see people making is they have people that they classify as independent contractors rather than employees. And the person is neither independent nor a contractor. And if you guess wrong on that, Uh, Mm -hmm. It can have tremendous uh, financial repercussions. It can be five, six figures for just one person with a $3,000 claim. Mm -hmm. Um, By the time you pay your lawyer, then you have to pay their lawyer and you may have to pay some penalties. Um, It's just not worth it. So uh, that'd be the first thing is make sure that your, again, your job descriptions are tight that they reflect what you're actually doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tell people all the time that exhibit A in just about every employment law file is the job description. That's the first thing I'm going to want to ask is, well, okay, what's your, what do you have? A, do you have a copy of your job description? If I'm representing the entrepreneur, I'm going to say, okay, what was Betty's job description? Do you have that in writing? What policies uh, govern mm-hmm. Betty's employment? I want to see those things. And that's going to be the first thing that that the other side is going to want to see if you get into a shooting war, as I say. Well, you want to make sure all of that is 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 tight, is mm-hmm. is reflects reality, reflects the values and the mission of your company. And again, if you're writing all of that, that's why it's impo- so important to have this value, these values and this mission, because everything that you you do and say in your uh, dealings with employees needs to be rooted in that mm-hmm. so that if someone's ever second guessing you, you know, whether it's a judge or whether it's a jury or some government official, you know, and you show them this, um, one of our value pillars at the Crone Law Firm is reliability. And and so if someone's late every day, that makes them unreliable. Mm-hmm. And if I'm putting it in that context, then, then my a zeal to enforce that policy, my zeal to uphold that value doesn't look like I'm trying to get rid of them. It looks like I'm trying to to inculcate them into my company. And if they refuse to do so, then when I fire them, you have uh, just cause they should have they shouldn't be surprised. And no one who's Monday, Monday morning quarterbacking my decision should be surprised or uh, suspicious in any way. It's Mm -hmm. when you have a standard that you've never communicated, that you've never explained, that you don't talk about when you're training or disciplining or whatever you want to call it, and it looks like you've plucked it out of the air, 
that's when you get into trouble, no matter what you've done. You you can write them up, you can do all of these things, but if if it doesn't look like you're being authentic and genuine about the standard, then you, I'm not saying you're going to lose a, a jury trial, but you, you open yourself up for more, uh, yes. more harm than if you, if you had talked about it from the very, very beginning, because after mm -hmm. all, if it's, if it's enough that someone can get fired, why wouldn't you be talking about it from the very, very beginning? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just emphasizes how important good orientation is. And, um, so many companies just eliminate training from their budget. And uh, to me, it's just such a, a disservice to their employees. And, um, you know, if, if you're running a business, your job isn't to train those people. It's to run the business. So bring in contractors or whomever to train your people, but your people need to be trained. You know, I was, I was talking to um, a, a consultant, uh, the other day, and he said he had a uh, uh, a client that uh, was a plumbing company, and he said no plumber gets their own truck and their own route without going through eighteen months of training. Awesome. He said I don't care if they've been out twenty years, if they've been you know being a plumber for twenty years, they're going to ride on the on a second chair uh, on, on somebody else's mm -hmm. truck. Mm -hmm. And they're going to understand how their, their company works. Now, that's a huge investment in training. Yeah. You know, I mean, 18 months is a long time before that person is fully producing for you. But he said, you know, their reviews are out the are out the roof. They've never had a, a better bureau, you know, better business bureau complaint. Their customers love them and they yeah. have super low turnover. Yeah. In the long run, that sort of approach uh, is going to be much more profitable than just yeah. throwing people out there. And, yeah. you know, you may throw 10 people out there and two of them are great and will stick, but now you got eight people, not yeah. just turning over, but they're going out and they're making your customers mad and they're doing bad work. And they're, you know, they're, they're clogging up your, your opportunity costs because you're having to deal with all of these, these issues that if you just trained them the right way, you'd, you'd been in a lot better shape. Yeah. And they're also, going out there and telling other people uh, that your company is not as great as you would like them to think it is. And so that's bad for your business too. All right. It's time now for us to uh, just, I think we only have time for one rapid fire. So you talk about how you and your company are involved in the community and making a difference. And I didn't want to end this because I'm all about I believe volunteering is is really a great way for companies to to really meet their mission. And so I was wanting to just ask you, you know, what are you doing, you and your company, to make a difference in the community? Well, uh, probably the biggest thing we do is we support a local nonprofit here in Memphis called Light Memphis, L-I-T-E Memphis, and they work with Opportunity Youth awesome. in in high school to uh, to give them certain uh, uh job skills soft skills uh but also work with them as entrepreneurs and uh, it's great to work with uh, with those kids that they're high school age and uh you know one uh one group one uh, uh young man uh, started a sneaker company uh that's now grown into uh, a, 
a, a, a awesome. an actual company and 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 then people doing uh, uh, fashion design and and uh, yard work i mean just all kinds of different ways of making money and uh, and so we uh, uh we'll go and and they have pitch meetings where they pitch the their business ideas and we'll sit on on panels to to critique that we uh, we'll do uh some um uh we do i don't know if you call them seminars but we'll teach classes on you know the kind of basic elementary legal uh, business legal uh, oh, nice. issues and then we have a pro bono program where we we represent folks in the community um nice. uh, for uh you know without without any charge and uh and that's that's and then our lawyers and staff do do things on their own but those are the two uh things we do for the uh, formally through the firm. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. You know, I, I work with the youth too, to teach them public speaking. And, um, some of the groups have in, I have one group that's sixth, seventh and sixth and, um, I'm sorry, fifth and sixth and seventh grade where they have an entrepreneur class and I work on their pitches and things with them. And, um, then I do do some, leadership and public speaking for the youth. I, I just think that that's the future and we should teach them to be better communicators and leaders. Yes. So, very good. All right. Well, it's time now for me to share my screen. If you're listening and you have not been taking notes, you know, I always tell you, you should have been, but if you're not, go grab that paper or pencil so that you can get the website. At least if you are watching this, then you can do a screenshot of my contact information for Alan. So again, if you're listening, you can go to https colon forward slash forward slash crone law firm plc.com is one site. And he is also at chrome crone law firm plc.com slash the law at work with hyphens between that again, the dash law dash at dash work. And we'll tell you why you want to listen to that. He's on Facebook at the the Crone Law Firm and LinkedIn is the dash Crone dash Law dash Firm dash PLC and YouTube just search for Alan Crone or Crone Law Firm and he has that podcast which is Ask Dash Alan so you can find that on his website just link to resources and you'll find that Ask Alan podcast so I'm going to turn it over to Alan to talk to you about his call to action. Uh, different things you can find on that website and all about that book. Well, uh, really would encourage folks to, to take a look at the book. Uh, you can find it in, it's on Amazon. It's on uh, uh, walmart.com, all of the places where you awesome. would, bu would buy books. Same with the, the uh, podcast. It's on uh, all of the podcast outlets. Just search me um, and just Google me, Alan Crone, attorney Memphis, and, and you'll find more than you want to know about me. Uh, I, I would just say, you know, uh, be proactive in mm -hmm. your legal situation, whether it's really doesn't matter what kind of legal issue that you might have, but, uh, particularly if you're in a bad situation at work, don't just sit back and you don't have to, you don't have to, uh, tolerate it. Uh, you've got options, you've got things you can do legally, you've got things you can do practically. And, you know, we, we coach a lot of people just through practical situations because they don't have uh, an HR mm -hmm. department that works for them. HR department's check comes from the company. And um, I, I've got a lot of HR uh, friends 
and colleagues that I respect. But at the end of the day, their their loyalty lies with the company. And uh, more often than not, if you take them into your confidence, uh, it's not going to end well for you. So uh, reach out to me or another employment law attorney, um, pay a little bit of a fee, and and hopefully we can um, we can solve your problems so that we don't have to try and win a lawsuit. Awesome. You can find this information on my website, thefindyourleadershipconfidence.com or my YouTube site, Vicki Nettling. Well, it has been wonderful chatting with you. Um, you're just such a wealth of information. And, you know, I think a lot of us are scared of legal things. And it's so wonderful that you created this maybe easier to read um, format so that we can approach things with some intelligence so that we um, make correct and and logical decisions as opposed to just going with our gut, which might not always be the best thing in a legal situation. That's true. That's true. Awesome. Well, as always, I remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.